0: Welcome to another episode of Silverbacks Valley, a podcast brought to you by Silverbacks Holdings. Established in 2020, the Cape Town Tigers are South Africa's basketball champions. They qualified for the first season of the Basketball Africa League and made it up to the first round of the playoffs in the second season in 2022. This year, the team welcomed Afrobeats music mogul Mr. Easy as an investor former L.A. Lakers assistant coach Rashid Azard as head coach and signed former NBA G League guard Zaire Wade in its roster. This year, the Tigers are coming strong to compete for the third season of the Basketball Africa League, and Silverbacks Valley brings you their origin story.
1: This looks like a black (laughs) X-Men.
0: Lots of superpowers.
1: Ladies first. Always ladies first.
2: Um, my name is Shante Butler. I am um, a suburban girl. I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, um, but now I'm a city girl in New York City. Uh, really heavily involved in healthcare technology, um, and excited about the opportunity that Cape Town Tigers presented to me two and a half years ago. Um, a journey of blood, sweat, and tears, but really of love and passion and family um, and how that all came together. Um, and so it's really a special thing to be a part of.
1: Beautiful. Dia. Yes,
3: yeah, so happy to be here. My name is Dia Martin. I'm a Michigan girl as well. Newsflash Shantae, each- Shantae and I have known each other for decades. Um, This is full circle for me. Ever since I was a little girl, I always was interested in sub-Saharan Africa and working, living, investing on the continent. So this is just an amazing opportunity and a way for me to mesh my background and business experience and finance with my passion for the continent and my passion for having a global Black community, global community of African descent, working and investing together.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. BJ,
4: my name is William McFarlane. Everybody knows me as BJ. I'm from Jamaica, Queens, New York City. Uh, This is my first time in this part of Africa, I guess you could say. I've been to Egypt once, but like a vacation kind of thing. Um, But it didn't really give me the sense of what I've experienced since I've been to uh, South Africa, Cape Town especially. Wonderful.
5: Wonderful. Raphael. So Raphael Alexander Edwards, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And um, how the tiger was born. Mm. Right. So I'll say a quick, a quick story on how I believe the tiger was born. Um, BJ and I grew up playing against each other in New York City basketball, extremely competitive, rivals, you know, we always had that love-hate relationship Mm -hmm. between each other. And uh, years passed, you know, I was doing my training thing. BJ hit me up and was like, yo, Ra, I need some help. I want to, you know, do this, do that. I was like, yeah, you know, this is how you do it. Anything you need, just let me know. I'll do meal plans, you know, just let me know what you need. So that was already a step I thought that was big of him because how we were rivals growing up. A couple years later, he hits me up. Yo, I got this one kid. He tells me the kid's name. He's like, yo, you know, I've been helping him, but I know I can't help him anymore. I see what you've been doing. I I want you to help him. Now, I thought that was gigantic. Right? Because you know men. You know men's egos. So for him to ask me, say that and ask me to help this young man So I thought about it because especially at that time, I wasn't getting out of the bed if I wasn't getting paid. So I took a deeper look into his situation and the kid, and I opted to train the young man for free. And I believe that's why we've all been blessed to be here and to have this team because I took that chance and he came to me with it. I did it for free for a young gentleman that's in college now and it's actually flourishing. And that started the next conversation of EAL, et cetera. So, you know, when you say, how was the Tiger born? I think that was the start of it. Now, how did the journey
1: lead to basketball
5: professionals after years? to intersect with this phenomenal woman. So then later, BJ brought the idea, hey, listen, the NBA starting a league in Africa. You train a lot of NBA guys. Do you think they'll be interested in investing? I then, I didn't know anything about it. Oblivious. So then I was like, hey, well, what's going on? What country? What city? How much? Once I got the details, I was like, hold up now. Probably we shouldn't waste this one of these NBA guys like <laughs> BJ I think we could do this like I could pull some people in and he was like really and I was like yeah like let me you know and then um I had two people that was extremely interested Shantae and another gentleman of mine that I was training and actually I've known him for 15 years and then uh it came down to those two and I made the decision to go with Shantae but I definitely felt like I, we, at the time, BJ and I, were the people that no one would give us this chance. So we would be remiss if I didn't open the door for her for this particular opportunity. And then we, we jumped off and we started going. I mean, from my point of view, that's how, that's mm-hmm. how it was. BJ? Uh, I mean,
4: yeah, it's pretty much that kind of story. So it's like blessings upon blessings upon blessings. So, Mm. you know, my journey, how I'm even intertwined with Africa is because I help a lot of young men Mm. from out here who may not have a chance to go to high school, to go to college. So these are things that I do with my own money, no funding or anything, just relationships and the love for the sport and wanting to see, you know, young men do better for themselves. So Mm -hmm. with that, you know, I've been bringing kids in and then from time to time, I, you know, need help. And like he said, you know, most people just roll out of the bed for for the money. Um, And then he did that, which when other opportunities came, I'm like, hey, well, he did that for, you know, to help me out for nothing. Then why not present an opportunity that, you know, we can all do something big, you know, not just for us, but for a country, for a whole army and generation of youth and mm-hmm. out in this area. So um that's you know, for me that, that that story is pretty accurate and
1: then at the end of the day it's blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Man, man that is fabulous. So ladies, there you were in a male dominated courts. No <laughs> intimidation. Tell me, how did it no fear, just went in?
2: Um, so Raphael in New York, uh, as he was training athletes, he also trained the normal people. So he was <laughs> and you, I guys. consider myself the normal. Uh no, I gentle work. <laughs> 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 Might need a little bit more support. Um, so he was my personal trainer and we became friends and um friend, very friendly in our training sessions and just very much like brother sister relationship um so i'll never forget it we were doing sprints on the treadmill and he's like oh i have this opportunity i just want you know to you to look at it they gave me the deck and so when i looked at it i was like i don't care what you do i want to be involved i want to give i want to be a part of this this is the something on the continent it's basketball it's black people coming together in a sport that's dominated by people that look like us I I want to be a part of it and I said even if you don't decide that I'm the person you want to partner with and go with you need to talk to my friend Dia because she does impact investing for her day job uh Dia and I as she said we've known each other for decades and the summer before this all came to fruition I had talked to her and we were walking and I said Dia I want us to do something together invest you, don't, you do impact investing. I'm in technology. How can we do something together? And then this opportunity came and I called her. And I was like, Dia, this is our first, first um, opportunity. We need to do this together. Um, and so then Dia, Raphael, and I met. And um, he had a chance to talk to Dia himself. Um, and kind of that's my side of how
3: it came together. And I'll let Dia add them. I just feel so full of, I don't know, the two words that have come to mind when everybody's been talking is gratitude and legacy. Yeah, And I'll never forget when Shantae called me, I was like, this is incredible. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I was so excited to have the conversation with Ron and learn more about what he understood about the opportunity and the team. So I just felt really thrilled about it all. And then just to be able to continue that and to meet in person. I remember we all met in person in New yeah. York. And I just thought this is something um, I can't miss out on. And, and it just seemed just like the the perfect opportunity. Um, and it's, to me, I think everyone spoke upon it. BJ, you said blessing. I think it's the, the mindset that we're all coming into this opportunity with, the idea that it's more than basketball. It's it's more than culture. It's about creating a legacy and a, and a way of of doing business and and I just think that's so amazing. So I think it all just kind of came together perfectly. And also the idea is that we all came together. as kind of childhood friends, yeah, and different to and to do business together. Oh,
1: oh that's beautiful. So nice. I mean, this this makes me think about a another podcast episode we had. Um, Few weeks back when one of the person, one of our guests uh, said when we, when I asked what is something you would want the youth uh, to always remember? If you had one advice and uh, her statement was, if you have an idea, don't hide it. Allow it to have a life. It's amazing to see how in this account, BJ, in a quiet way, spelled out this idea and the life it has taken today, all the way from North America, now all the way to South Africa and now continental. Uh, Last year when you guys started this, before I met you, And before I jumped on the wagon myself (laughs) to be the fifth musketeer, it was the, the PowerPoint that got you guys to a South African champion title, literally weeks after the PowerPoint. So tell us about that escalation of event from a idea to a championship last year in the whole of South Africa, another one this year, and obviously a lot more.
5: Uh, tell us more about that process, uh, Rafael. The process was extremely hard. It's only been since we played our first game that like, really mattered probably 16 months yeah. or so. But the process started with... So we weren't... We weren't the Cape Town Tigers to start. So Dia, Dia wanted to call us the penguins. Yep. <laughs> 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 and I was like, what? <laughs> we'll be laughed out of the gym. There's <laughs> no way we're the penguins. Cute,
2: like the penguins are cute.
5: Yeah. yeah. And then so we went from the penguins to the sharks where they have a team, a professional yeah. team, the sharks already. so that wasn't going to happen. So then I started trying to think outside the box of, okay, what – animals prehistorically were in this part of the world. And I started Googling it and saber-toothed tigers came up. So then we became Cape Town saber-toothed tigers. For a brief moment. Right. And we found the logo, the initial logo. And that's why the tooth in the front is so long. But then it was just too long to say. So then it was just Cape Town tigers. Then now we had to pick a team. I knew we could get any American talent, right? Any imports, we could get them here. Between my relationships, the BJ's relationships, we could get them here. But the key was to get the national players better. And not only get them better, but have the confidence that they are better. Mm. Right? So it's twofold. And that was the journey that led us into our first national championship, Mm. basketball-wise. The second one, we're actually showing who we are now. A year in the system, under our belt, the right type of energy. And like Shante said, it's family, it's passion, and that stems from us. It goes down to the coaching staff, and it definitely permeates through the team because I always tell them I've never been a part of a professional basketball team that's as close mm. as they are. Mm -hmm. BJ's first time in South Africa. He and I were talking after one night of practice. He was like, Rod, you put together a really good team here. I'm like, yeah, you know, the point guard is really good. And he was like, nah, I'm talking about off the court team. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, Mm -hmm. the coaching staff, the GM, you know, and I think it definitely comes from us. It is genuine Mm -hmm. and it trickles down. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell the guys, Yes, we're in business, right? We're in business. Everyone's in business to make money. But how we, Severus, goes about doing the business yeah. is what matters to us. Yeah. And it's different. So that's beautiful, beautiful people. Okay. That is that is that is
1: rich. I can only imagine that uh, with all this success, the having its team like that with women ownership. How does that feel? And how do you see this play a role, obviously, within women, black community women, and in terms of legacy?
2: I think for me, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the legacy because it's so much. Um, And so in the moments when I do think about it, and as we were just joking as we were coming down to sit down here. I am definitely the emotional one of the team. So it definitely makes me very emotional, right? Because it truly has been blood, sweat and tears to get us to this point. Um, And in the moments when it's very real, like when we played this week and we were doing our picture, we were holding the South African flag and they were playing music. I was like, oh, my God. And I said to Ron the cab, we did it. Like we're so like all the work and things that we've done to get here has really happened and is happening and when i think about the legacy obviously for me as a black woman to be involved in something that has this magnitude and impact um is really an honor you know to be a part of and i'm so thankful to be with these and you um for people to be a part of what we're building um and to be a part of women having opportunity and access and examples of what the possible is um, and that you can dare to dream and even your dreams can surpass. The reality can really surpass your dreams. I never thought that I would own a basketball team. It wasn't even on my map. But I think um, being open to the opportunities that are presented to you and being prepared, all the things doing up to that really means a lot. And I think that that's a great example um, for women and that anything is possible. I'm just really i um, thankful and blessed uh, to be a part of it. And it's just um, truly an amazing moment. And when I do have those moments, it definitely still makes me very much to be a part of it.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Super Returns Africa. Super Returns provides the leading venture capital and private equity events across the globe. They features the biggest players in the industry. Africa chapter meets annually in Cape Town. They deal with over 400 business leaders including GPs and LPs. Together, they explore Africa's most crucial trends, challenges and innovations. We at Silverbacks Valley are big fans. Dia and uh Obviously, I'm sure you echo that. I saw you guys today standing during the Super Return Conference when uh, the CEO of NVA Africa spoke about what the league is doing on the continent, what they've uh, achieved across multiple countries. And when people were saying, you know, we would like to also invest in the league, he pointed to the fact that the investment period had passed. Obviously, some large... Uh, a set of high net worth individuals have invested close to 100 million dollars I think in the account of it you have a uh, former president Obama, you have uh, some high net worth uh, a Nigerian and various Africans but also a P fund called Helios and he said that right now we're not raising anymore but you know if you're looking at teams you should speak to these two ladies. And he asked you both to stand, uh, which was um, a great moment, I thought. Uh, Why don't you tell us a bit about the business model? Because a lot of people may say, oh, they're doing basketball. You're coming from a financial institution, tech. Uh, How do you get to explain to people that this is actually a f- business, and pretty much a phenomenal business, since we all hear the stories of billion-dollar companies and Cavalier, different teams, Lakers, New York, Knicks. Tell us, how does it work?
3: Yeah, I mean, first I start by saying sports is business, right? It's one of the largest global businesses um, that we have. And I think there's so many opportunities opportunities to, one, leverage our backgrounds, but also leverage our business model to look at creating streams of revenue, growth, and income in different ways. So you have, of course, the basketball side of it, but you also have the technology side of it, the engagement, the building, the fan base. You have the merchandising or the fashion side of it, which is also a part of who we are. We're creating culture in a sense. And then you also have the media. Um, You have the content and it goes much further than licensing of the games and all of that, but also the team, who we are, the owners, who we are as well. So there's so many different business models within the business of basketball and specifically related to Cape Town Tigers. I think really the opportunity is endless. And and as far as investors, it's those investors that I know for us are very important to be like-minded investors. Um, investors that have that that long-term view and that vision for what we can be. But I think it's also important for all of us and as you're hearing in the conversation about the gratitude, the blessing, the impact to have investors that are really looking at having empowerment of individuals at all levels. So we look at not just the players, but our fan base and also the local community. That's something that we want to look at is giving a voice and economic empowerment to them as well. So I, I think it's that's a really rich question, Ibrahim. And there's so many ways to look at not just the economic mob of Cape Town Tigers and the business of ba- of basketball, but also all of the stakeholders. That we as well.
1: Excellent, excellent, uh, BJ. If you had a chance, given everything that has happened in, and got us here, if you had a chance to speak to the 19-year-old BJ, what would you make sure to tell him?
4: I would tell him to stay the course, um, to stay focused, because the 19-year-old BJ just started to actually get into basketball as far as, you know, getting serious about it and understanding, like, hey, you can go to school for free. That's one less burden off of your mother, you know. So um, I would just tell him to keep pushing and doing what he's doing, you know, as far as attacking basketball in that kind of way. Because I haven't played high school basketball in a sense. So it just kind of happened that I got a scholarship to go to college, you know. And from there, you know, the love, the passion for the game took it to other levels.
1: Excellent. Excellent. How about you, Shante? If uh, you were asked, what is your superpower?
2: Oh, my superpower. Um... I think my superpower is influence and consensus, right? So I am definitely a consensus and kind of connector. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that definitely is my superpower. And I think it's because I really lead and come from a place of like love. So I thought you were going to ask me what was the one thing I would tell my younger (laughs) self. And I think it would be like this place of like giving yourself grace and love and time is Mm. um, and not being uh, fearful, right? Mm. Um, Mm. And taking chances and risks.
1: And beautiful. Raphael, you also get to answer the two questions. Speaking to baby Raphael, (laughs) or teenager Raphael of 19 and then superpower.
5: Uh, Speaking to 19-year-old Ra, I would say, you know, take all these bumps and bruises and strive, but you have to take them. When you won't. All the crazy ideas, all the visions that you're thinking about is not for nothing. Just keep going, keep being, as some would probably think, overconfident in yourself, because it's gonna pan out. You know, the the world or society wants you to fit into a box, right? If you're not supposed to be such and such, then you should never have this thought that you can do grand things and, you know, keep being hard-headed and keep not listening, <laughs> right? He, it's is a catch-22. The hard-headedness got me in trouble, but... It also made me uh, mental. i how tell you that the same thing. Yes, yeah, keep going. always <laughs> go, says, makes you you, <laughs> and, uh, mean, you, make you a jerk, but <laughs> that <laughs> gives you what you are, so.
2: He, he said that He's like, yeah. right, he's that, but this is we need that here.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so I would tell him, you know, all the failures, is all right, keep going. Excellent. Well, how about you, uh
3: just thinking what i would tell my 19 year old self Mm -hmm. enjoy the journey because that's what life is right it's a journey so just to enjoy it and just make most of every opportunity is um you know i think it's kind of what you said If you if you just stick with what the standards or the structure that society has told you has been set for you okay maybe you avoid some of the failures that um you get into when you take risks but then you also don't get to those higher levels, so I think it's all about enjoyment and just like testing your limits, like going on to that next level.
1: Amazing, amazing characters. You know, in the the line of uh, investing, you say that the primary feature of a good investment is a unique, resilient, and ready to excel founder. So everything you've said here really speak to that key character and feature that has uh, all the elements and uh, no regrets and is uh, enjoying the journey. I was speaking to someone that was telling me, oh, but I heard this uh, team where your corner from Cape Town was doing something in Paris and then something in New York. It looks like it's all over the place. What is going on? What
5: would what do you say to, to that? We're in a very unique situation, right? First of all, we have the credibility, the legitimacy of the brand, right? The NBA, we're a part of that. We're in the BAL. So we're solidified. We have the ability to flush out ours and our brand, right? So it creates lateral movement. So now... We can be, outside of the NBA, we can be viable, right? Outside of NBA teams, we can be viable on three different continents, right? New York City, it's a shoo-in. BJ and I, the work we done put in there in that city, which is the Mecca of basketball, anything we touch down within the city is going to give a once over, a twice over, three times over because we brought it there, right? With legitimacy. Then we also touch down in the best basketball tournament, summer tournament in Europe, which is the Quad 54. So this is what I talk about lateral movements, right? And in our, in the United States, basketball culture has taken a shift. So when BJ and I were growing up, NBA guys always played in summer leagues and you went against them and they played hard. But for 15 years that stopped. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, we're not playing in this. They were like too good for it. Now it's, kind of sort of coming back and I really believe that the Cape Town Tigers is spearheading it because we had a professional basketball team at the level that we're we're at, not just players, come and play these summer league games. Right? The Lakers can't do that. The Chicago Bulls, they just cannot do that. We have that flexibility and that space to do it and really grow and form something that's never been done. We have a chance to be
4: like a global market kind of team. Like when you think of a Manchester United or when you think of Yankees, like you can go anywhere in the world and you you wear a blue hat with NY on it, Yankees, you know? So as he was saying, we have relationships and continents to where we can take our brand and go over there and showcase you know what we have and not many teams can do that you know you know you have a few nba teams that are that kind of have that already but it's it's taking them years and years and they're still building and we are bringing those opportunities in a quicker
1: time frame amazing amazing uh, so it's a series of uh, the investors we work with they're in their Zero into sports team comes from everything you've described, but then also talks about doing work in academies, because that's also a big stream of business income. Tell us a bit about what you guys plan to do there on the academy side, because obviously it's good for development, but has something of a private education type of business revenue feature, which can start in the country and then go to many countries, because that's how in soccer, in basketball, all these brands evolve plural geography. And then also tell us what are you guys doing in terms of CSR? Because obviously that's something we've seen, at least even before joining you guys, that even on your pre-revenue days, you guys were already active. Well. Academy style I
4: believe would be you know is is the next thing for for out here actually in Africa so me playing in Europe and South America and other places you see that style um, for these for these sports brands so what they'll do is they'll recruit right mainly they'll recruit here Africa um and then they'll train you know some of these kids and then you know as they grow and develop, it's a business. It's almost like a business model. You, you kind of put them in good situations. You put them in situations to be educated. Uh, they'll be well taken care of. And when it's all said and done, if they work the way they should work, they'll earn a very good living, whether it's, you know, there or if they get picked up by the NBA, um, they don't necessarily have that style, um, here, uh, even in developing. So we're kind of like implementing that. And, you know, especially with him being out here, you know, I've called him a couple of times like, hey, all right, what's your schedule? You know what? I'm thinking about having a couple of kids, you know, stay and and work out with you guys so that, you know, in basketball, you know, father time is undefeated. So, you know, at some point in time, Prinslow and and the guys that we have now that we, you know, we all love as basketball players, you know, pretty soon they'll move on to other things in life. And um, what we're trying to do is have the younger guys come up and develop And put them in good situations where they can get educated or they can, you know, possibly earn a lot more money, whether it's with us or MBA or somewhere else. So uh, the academy style just kind of brings up like a farm system of putting people in the right situations and giving them opportunity.
3: Yeah. So I think we've done a lot in corporate social responsibility. And I just feel like, again, it's part of the fabric of who we are as a team. So early on, as you mentioned, even pre-revenue, we've engaged local youth and Google Etube and also other areas to bring them in and to have them learn about the Tigers, learn about opportunities there. Also, as different events have occurred, um, for example, when the second Black Panther movie came out, to bring those youth in with us to go see the movie together. And that's something we just want to continue to do as we grow. We want to Look at models and ways to engage women that are interested in sports uh, to show them that there's opportunities within sports, playing sports, but also in the business of sports and and potentially as owners of teams, as well as giving youth as we bring them in for these different academies uh, that BJ is talking about to bring them in and teach them life skills, empowerment skills. and when we see that as each step of the way, so, as that father time occurs, perhaps there's opportunities for them with the Cape Town Tigers on the business or the administrative side, or with another uh, team to do that as well. So we really take a holistic approach.
1: No, I mean, oh, well, yesterday uh, there was a game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was a dunk contest. A little, mm-hmm. a little game, a little dunk contest. And then a fashion show yeah. Yeah. and a bit of music performance. Mm-hmm. Tell us about uh,
5: all that concoction. That's like a very interesting drink. Yeah, you know, um, that's what sports is. That's what basketball is, really, right? And we embody that. And again, talking about our, our freedom to move, we're actually bringing another country, another country's culture, everything, over to the United States and dropping it there, something that they've never had in this abundance, but then also fusing it with what we do and what we have. And that's basketball. That's music, which our piano, right? We're dropping that in Brooklyn and people are like, oh wow. At the game that we're playing on our tour, we're having a bri. You know, like we're doing all of these things, all of these things, and we're just intertwining everything and teaching at the same time. While you're teaching, two different cultures about each other, you're also showing everyone in the park, the youth and adults, right? And these parks that we grew up in, people that have known us forever, wow, they they did this, right? And just like one of our players said, well, if you can see me and see that I did it, you know you can do it, right? You always talk about like world records being broken people always say, oh, you can never break this, you can never break that record until it's done. Then once it's done and people see that it's done, it's repeated and it's just going to keep being broken because you have a mark to aim for. And that's what we want to be. We want to be the mark to aim for, not only in African basketball, BAL, but globally. You know, one one of our things is, I want us in five years to be the best new sports organization in the world, like an award, right? The best new sports organization in the world. Now that's soccer, that's cricket, that's rugby, that's basketball, that's whatever. And I always make a joke and say, and if they don't have that award, we're going to create it and give it to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna create it and give it to ourselves. But that's what we want. The Yankees, the Lakers, like, I want to hear the Cape Town Tigers be mentioned in that breath. what I think we
2: differentiate ourselves by all the different things that we've talked about of here. And I think, too, the one thing, right, that we keep on saying is, like, the diversity, right? And we really want to ensure that we're bringing us along together. That includes us. men, right? And so how do we really be intentional and focus on young women, encouraging and educating? um, And as Dia was saying, beyond just the sport of basketball, but the business of basketball. And also how you can take these skills and carry it into different and other things, right? Not everyone will become a professional basketball player, right? But there are so many other things you can do with the skills that you learn about being a part of a team, being a leader of a team. How do you take that into the business world? How do you take that into healthcare technology? All these different things. So I just think we really have the chance to be uh, different, a different organization and set a different tone for sports organizations and do things in a very different way, which really starts at the people you see here on this couch.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, before we depart, the word of uh, goodbye is about your inspiration to. in Africa. One of the largest trees, the baobab, they say, well, the baobab is massive, immense, strong. It all starts with a root underneath the soil that you don't see. What is that root in the name of a person, a book, or something else for each of you? Starting with you, BJ. Um, I would
4: say inspiration for me is, was life, you know, um, kind of getting to see different things at different points in my life kind of inspired more. So, you know, there were no aspirations until, uh, I knew I was having a son being born. Then there were aspirations of, wow, for, you know what? I have to do better because I have somebody else that is coming up under me that that needs to see that. Um, And then from there, you know, other things kind of inspired other parts of of me, Um, like actually leaving the U.S. and going overseas. That was the biggest inspiration and one of the biggest reasons how I feel we're all kind of together because my interactions of going places, being in different cultures and seeing different things, um, when I went back home, I was a different person. You know, I was different, um, you know, I saw life through a different kind of lens. Um, and those are like the things that kind of inspired to to what's
1: going on around today. You. Yeah. Amazing. Shante.
2: Um, as I said earlier, I'm the emotional person of our teens, and I'm already crying. Um, <laughs> um, but for me, my uh, my inspiration are my parents, Thomas and Jean Butler. Um, they set the foundation for my sister and I, where we could dare to dream, um, to do anything. They didn't put limitations on us, and I think that's a part of what drives all of us, and BJ talked a lot about it, about providing the opportunities. I think a lot of kids all over the world don't have just the opportunity and freedom to dream. And I'm very thankful that my parents um, made the sacrifices sacrifices that they did for my sister and I um, for me to be sitting here today. Um, so that is, they are truly my inspiration. My mom said to me uh, last year, like, I'm her wildest dream come true, Right. Um, and so that is what drives me every day. that keeps me motivated. It keeps me moving. Um, I don't have kids of my own, but I have two nephews now that are new inspiration for me, um, in being a role model for them, um, and continue my extended family, this family here. Um, so I'm really, truly motivated by that. Um, and that's what sustains me and keeps
5: me going. Amen. Amen. Rafael. Um, You know, things are in layers, but I would say what inspires me is I'm inspired to lead and to create, right? Create the road where nothing was there before and then to lead my circle, my people down that road, but then also let them know you can also branch off of this road and create your own. You know, I think those are the best leaders that takes a group to a certain point, but then gives them the strength and confidence to go a different way. Right. And then you get to see things through different eyes and everything. So that's what I'm inspired by. I'm inspired by a ton of great generals and commanders of our history, Uh, of our past Because in reading about them you find out while they were (laughs) in reading in reading about them throughout time and history in different regions, while they are so different, they all had some similarities. And in those similarities, they all wanted to know what the other did or what motivated the other you know, Genghis Khan or Julius Caesar wanted to know why he did X, Y, Z, and I find that's extremely remarkable and inspiring. And I try to live by a quote of, "We will find a way or make one." From Hannibal Barker. So you know that that alone is just strength and power and everything I, I believe I embody. So, excellent, dear. The-
3: Yes, I think family. Um, when I and I think when I think of family, I think of my entire family. But specifically I think about my father, Lee Martin. Um, and so for me, I think about the vision he gave me to live life on my own terms. And also for me, he was my gateway becoming interested in Africa and wanting to travel, visit. Um, and then I also think about uh at the timing that this opportunity came to me, it was shortly after he passed away. And so for me, it always holds a special place for me because it's a, it's a chance for me to take kind of the vision and the thoughts that I know he would be so proud of if he saw to that next level um, through working with the Cape Town Tiger. So, Shante, I'm getting a little emotional too, In that never <laughs> I know So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's what I say, family and legacy. And I think about my nieces and my mom and my extended family and how excited they are. Everybody wants a Cape Town Tigers jersey, and now we have them available to fly. Ah, so they'll definitely be getting that for Christmas. Oh, dear, I love how you just plunked. Uh, she was plunked.
5: She was plunked.
3: It's all about business. Can I ask
5: one thing? Yes, yes, please. Before, before we uh, get out of here, I would like to know what inspires you, our, our great host. So
1: I would say for sure, like all of you, family, but I think family is the root uh, by way of father, mother, siblings, and that community, that tribe, what it means and what it ought to give you in terms of lessons in good and in bad that I don't believe that uh, there's such a thing as a negative thing there's only lesson to be learned if you turn that event into a powerful opportunity to build autonomy so to me one, one thing about family is if you can learn some lessons where it makes you stronger and where your strength can be given back to that family and to that community. And I believe in uh, that small ecosystem is something that you ought to find a way to replicate in small tribes at the time because you need to find reinforcers of self. But it must start with your ability to gain from the event and to never complain, to only strive because each event is only an event for more lessons. And that's what I think uh, I get as a blessing from having met you guys, because the potency of your singularities together, is something that contributes in an event that becomes a better me and a better us. And I just love the power of that sequence of life. And I each time wake up in the morning looking for another chance to replicate that journey and make me better for another us. And this is a phenomenal us and I couldn't pray for a better one, so I'm grateful.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Silverbacks Valley. If you want to hear from people who are building dominant platforms from Africa to the rest of the world, you can follow Silverbacks Valley on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anjami, and AudioMac. Tune in.